the volume. The Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Basketball, football, they have awesome new and existing user promotions. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You can get your winnings back in two hours. My favorite, the same game parlays. You can bet five or ten bucks in one 150 bucks or more. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Get started now. Sign up promo code Colin so they know we and I sent you. The Colin Coward Podcast presented by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Hi, everybody, and welcome into the Monday Morning Podcast. Well, 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 we have quite a news bomb to drop. Tom Brady's coming back. So Nick Wright is my guest today. I interviewed him before this news came down. I'm going to keep it in the interview because I suspected Tom had about 5% chance to return And I'm going to discuss it and you'll see Nick's reaction, but I'm not going to edit it out. I don't like to edit out stuff if I don't have to. I'm going to keep it in during the Nick Wright interview and you'll hear it in about 15 minutes. So let's start with this. I have gone over this two or three times on my national radio and TV shows. Days are very long. You sleep seven I sleep seven hours a day. I work out for an hour. I eat for an hour. I hang out with my wife. I read. I listen to music. I take naps. And that's about 18 and a half hours. I've got seven left. And I had said this with Tom Brady. He's going to hang out with his kids. But if your kids have a life, they don't want to hang out with their mid-40-year-old dad all the time. I got kids. My daughter's 21. She lives, you know, in Hollywood. Honey, you want to go for lunch? She's got like seven options. She doesn't even call me back half the time. She shouldn't. She has a life. My son, he's got friends. You know, once kids get to 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, it's not that they don't love dad. They got options. And Giselle isn't some stay-at-home mom. She's a supermodel with a with a eight, nine-figure annual income. She's plenty busy. So my takeaway on Brady was he's usually, he has, you know, his convictions. But I predicted after the season ended, he was very ambiguous. I thought there was a chance he retired. And then when he retired, I thought, I'll take him in his word. But I think there's a chance he comes back. It's a small chance. And I think Tom has never really given himself six weeks off. I mean, really cleared his head. Go on a vacation. Don't take a football. No playbook. He'd never done that in the last 20 years. And I think Tom said, all right, I'm going to have a couple beers, eat some cheesecake, give myself six weeks with the family and came to the conclusion because he still has his health and he's still an MVP level quarterback this year. He came to the conclusion that I'm really good at football. There's a lot of hours in these days I'm going to fill it playing football. My kids are more grown. My wife's busy. What are you going to do? Backgammon with neighbors? That's not Tom. Tom is an aspirational guy. I talk about this. I'm certainly not anything like a superstar athlete. I talk to my wife all the time about this. If you're compensated at a very high level and you're doing something you really love and you're still pretty good at it, what are you quitting to? I understand people who work in factories or have to lift things for a living or are in dangerous jobs, firemen, police officers. Hey, man, get out, take the pension. Totally understand it. But glamour jobs, right? Like musicians, athletes, actors, jobs that are in entertainment or news. There's a reason these reporters and these artists are still traveling Yeah, believe it or not, REO Speedwagon performed this weekend. Why? They were paid a lot. It's fun playing music and being adored by fans. I get it. Tom Brady gave it six, seven, eight weeks. He'd never done that before. 
And he came to the conclusion that a lot of really willful, aspirational people do. I'm bored. I mean, Tom is Mr. Goal Setter, Mr. Achievement. It is hard to go from zero to 60 for 20 years and then back to zero. And again, I think there's a lot of professional careers that, you know, I had a friend years ago who was an oncologist, you know, a cancer doctor. 25 years psychologically, he was beat up. He was done. He was tired. He'd seen death for two and a half decades. It was time. That's different than football. And Tom's done a remarkable job to stay engaged with younger teammates. And, and let's be honest about this. He was good this year. And his only loss at the end of the year was to the Rams who won the Super Bowl. The loser in this, my first thought, the loser in this is Aaron Rodgers. Because all these teams are getting better, all these acquisitions. And what did Green Bay do this offseason? Just pay Aaron Rodgers more. That's how they improved. They paid Aaron Rodgers more. So when Tom retired, one of the things, I think I said it on the podcast, I definitely said it before the end of the season. I said, man, I'd have a hard time retiring if I was Tom. Look at the NFC. And this was before Russell Wilson left. But Trey Lance, we don't know if it's going to work. Matt Stafford, McVay, can they repeat? I mean, Dak Cowboys, Amari Cooper's gone. Dak's never been good without Amari. The NFC is wide open. To me, Rams are the best teams. Tom's back with Tampa, second best roster. San Francisco, if Trey Lance can play, is probably my third pick. And then Green Bay kind of falls in that Dallas, Arizona, good enough to beat anybody, not good enough to dominate top teams. So the winner in this, Fox TV gets a great quarterback in the NFC. The winner, all football fans. The loser, you know, potentially, McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Aaron Rodgers. But the roadblocks are few and far between in the NFC. The bottom of it right now is a mess. I was talking to a friend about this. He's a New Yorker. And I said, this league's getting like NBA top heavy. I said, name the 12 best players between the Jets, Giants, Chargers, Rams. New York had none of them. None of them. The Giants are awful. The Jets are awful. And I said, you start looking at the bottom of the NFC right now. Giants are awful. Philadelphia is not very good. Wentz and Washington should be better, but there are limitations. Atlanta? No. Saints? No. Carolina? Unless they land Deshaun Watson? Kind of a mess. Arizona? Fascinating, but Cliff Kingsbury? Yet to win a big playoff game? A lot of drama this offseason. Trey Lance? We don't know. Uh, Seattle doesn't have a quarterback now. The bottom of the NFC is large. The bottom of the AFC is like Houston, the Jets. That's it. So this feels good. A little bit of a surprise, not a shock. And I'll say it again. The days are long. Tom Brady figured out after about six to eight weeks, might as well fill them with something I get great enjoyment from. And I'm really good at throwing a football in the NFL. I thought one of the more interesting moves this weekend by an NFL team was the Cleveland Browns acquiring Amari Cooper as a four-time Pro Bowler in seven years. Highly productive. Learns a playbook quickly. Going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. Jarvis Landry's numbers have dropped. Austin Hooper's numbers have dropped since going from Matt Ryan to Baker Mayfield. OBJ's numbers spiked and production spiked when he left Baker and went to Matt Stafford. I'm very interested to see what happens with Amari Cooper and Baker Mayfield. You know, my opinion on Baker is pretty well documented. I was harsh on him early and defended him at the end of this year. I thought he was just beaten up everything, knees, toes, labrum. But I don't think Cleveland sees Baker as a long-term physical or emotional fit. Multiple reports they were interested in Deshaun Watson. Don't see that happening. Think he lands in Carolina. Derek Carr was also on the radar. Follow Mary Kay Cabot. I've had her on this podcast. She's an excellent 20-year reporter on the Browns. They're not going to extend his contract, but I do think Amari and Baker, 
You've got to give Baker a, a shot, a fighting chance in that division. And with Jarvis Landry seeking an exit, the Browns have reportedly given him the freedom to leave. So let's see. OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, the trend is not good. Really talented pass catchers struggling with Baker. I want to talk about for a few minutes college basketball, the selection committee. Uh, I love watching that. Three Pacific for most of my adult life. Um, you know, it's interesting. College basketball is the one sport 25 years ago that was actually much bigger than it is today. It's very, very hard to follow it unless you literally are a college student and go to all the home games or you're a diehard or you work in the media covering it. So many games, so many teams and all the best players are one and done. My general rule for the tournament is the Big Ten will be overvalued and overpicked. You have to go back to 2000 when Michigan State and Tom Izzo won a championship for Sparty the last time the Big Ten won a championship. Before that, you have to go to the 80s, the late 80s with Michigan before that Bobby Knight. It's, it's an overvalued conference because the brands are big. Because they have a good TV contract, they're on television a lot because their arenas are often jammed. Michigan, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Ohio State, Indiana. It looks big on television and we overvalue the Big Ten. I've seen Purdue play three or four times. I do not think they have a shot to get to the Final Four. Similarly, I think we undervalue the SEC because we see it as such a football brand. We don't pay attention to it. I think one of the best Young teams in the country is Tennessee. They can play four guards. Their backcourt plays real defense, hyper-athletic, super young. Wouldn't be surprised if three SEC teams made the Elite Eight. Keep your eye on Tennessee. Kentucky, I'm not sure they're good enough to win a natty. A lot of people would argue they were overseeded, but the SEC is clearly, absolutely the better conference than the Big Ten this year. Watch the Big Ten get overselected and overpicked in people's brackets. Tennessee's my dark horse. It did feel like to me that the selection committee sort of made up their mind before watching Sunday games. Uh, Duke is a number two seed. Michigan got in without a play-in game. Um, listen, it's a lot of games to watch. Nobody's ever happy. I think the best team I've seen, and I've seen them play four or five times, was Arizona. That's the best team I've seen. Are they going to win it? I'm going to pick them. I'm going to pick two SEC teams to get into the Final Four. I'm going to pick Arizona to win it and keep your eye on the Tennessee Volunteers. Super young, can shoot and defend. I'm going to go with the Vols to surprise people in the tournament. Start your bracket with a bang. Right now, FanDuel Sportsbook giving new customers $150 instant bonuses guaranteed. You get $150 in a bonus site credit. All you have to do is place your first bet of 5 bucks or more. How you bet the bracket's up to you. Choose from the money line, totals, prop bet, so much more. Plus, with cash out, the ball's in your court. So you can close out your bet whenever you want before the game is over. Join FanDuel today. The promo code is always Colin. Place a $5 bet to score $150 in bonus site credit guaranteed. Promo code C-O-L-I-N. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-HOP P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their hand-cooked test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends. All right, my buddy Nick Wright is joining me. He's launching a new podcast. We'll get into that over the next 25 to 30 minutes. Um, I've got to start on something because, uh, you know, college basketball is – there's so many programs. Uh, I think the country has watched less of it every year. The one and done has essentially cut off the head of college basketball. It's too transactional. Um so I want to stick to the NBA, which is in your wheelhouse. So I, I, I was thinking about you the other day. LeBron James is going on this scoring binge. And I said, you know, this isn't a lost season for LeBron because he's never going to catch Michael. And he, he wants to stay as healthy as he can. He's had no major injuries. And there is value in having a big scoring year and being selfish this year for the first year in his career. I'm going to score some points. And he's never been that guy. And I think it's remarkable he's become that guy. And I'm like, to me, my takeaway is, hey, he, he's looking around the league. He's looking around the Lakers. I'm going to I'm gonna score this year. I'm going to add some points. That's my takeaway on what he's done. He, know the, he knows the chemistry doesn't work. He can't trust AD. They're going to blow this thing up probably in the offseason. And for the first time in his career, I'm going to be a little selfish. That's my take. What What's remarkable about it, though, is that he can do this in year 19. The most points per game ever for a guy year 19 or later is Kareem with 14. So he's doubling it, more than doubling it, right? Right. And the fact that he... I always believed, you know, he said years and years ago, I could win the scoring title every year if I really wanted to. And I believed that then. I did not go into this year thinking, even if he wanted to, that he could still average 30 points per game. I thought he could still control games. I thought he could still be the guy that in a critical fourth quarter of a playoff series, you would want over any other guy in the league. I thought maybe he could still get to that. But the fact that he's going to play this year more games than Durant, and he's going to potentially win the scoring title, it's there is it's utterly remarkable. And I actually think your guy, Tom Brady, in a weird way, has caused people to appreciate what LeBron is doing this season a little less 
because Brady, you know, won a Super Bowl at 43, was, uh, you know, um, was a league MVP, you know, leading candidate at age 44. So I think people are, it's like, yeah, this is the era of old athletes dominating, but we've never seen anything close to this in the NBA, nothing close to it previously. Actually, the Brady thing is interesting. I'll pivot to that because he was in uh, England uh, mm-hmm. with his two boys uh, watching a soccer game. Ronaldo was there, Cristiano Ronaldo, arguably yeah. the best living, you know, soccer player, right? And, yep. um, you know, somebody asked him, somebody caught it in a hot mic or something, you know, you're retired, right? And he said, you know, I'm, I'm not sure exactly where I am. And this is my takeaway is that Brady – I predicted this going in. He and Arians were always going to be a short-term fix. That was dating. It was never marriage. Uh, the, the culture's too loose. The city's too loose. Giselle and he are not Tampa people. It's just not that kind of market, right? They would have chosen the Chargers. But, um, you know, a couple of years ago, SoFi, the Chargers were playing in a soccer stadium. They were the yep. number two brand in the city. So, but I do think Brady is doing, I'll throw this out to you. As an older guy, I can throw this out. I think Brady really was going to retire. And he said, you know, I've really never given my family like six to eight weeks off a season and just said, let's pretend I'm not playing. And he's flying around the country and he's probably drinking some beer and eating stuff he wouldn't normally eat, spending time with his wife. And he just kind of wants to see how it plays out until the draft. How does he feel? And then he's going to survey the teams. And if one or two people bite, and I don't think there's a lot, I think Kyle Shanahan interests him because it's a non-quarterback centric offense. Um, I think he would take a call from them. So so that's my suspicion with Brady is these 95% out, but he's never really taken eight weeks. Never done it. But, never but done so it. You said 95% out, but I feel like you... You think he's going to play next year? Am I wrong on that? I think the draft ends. He's going to say, you know, I'm hanging out with my kids. I'm hanging out with my wife. I've still got nine hours a day. I'm not doing anything because, as we all know, there's a, days are long. Years yeah. fly by, but the, the days are long, especially with kids, right? And he's sitting there and his, his boys have friends and they've got peers and they do stuff and they don't want to hang out with dad. And he's like, oh. And I think he would take a call first week of May. That's my takeaway. But that hold on. I'm so because here's the thing. If he's going to take the call, then he's going to play right like that. And it, it feels like the it's such a weird thing because on our show, Kevin Wilds keeps making this point. He's not wrong, he, which is he had no retirement ceremony. He's like Joe Montana retired in front of 20,000 people, you know, in Candlestick or wherever it was. There was he's like, Tom Brady's not going to retire via Instagram post. And I understand that part of it. The part of it that I don't understand if he wants to come back is this. Why ever announce the retirement? Why not simply say, listen, I'm going to take the next two months to contemplate my future and leave it at that. It just it feel unless it's because he wants to leave, he wants to keep playing, and he wants to leave uh, Tampa. If this is all one long con to get to San Francisco, like I don't know. I also think it's possible. Like it, it seems like the football world, like the there was an old Seinfeld episode where they said the breakup didn't take. Like somebody tried to break up with someone and the other person was like, no, I reject it. And he's like, I guess we're still together. <laughs> it feels like the football media has decided this retirement didn't take. We don't accept your retirement, Tom Brady. Like the president on his desk, like someone submits the resignation. They're like, no, I don't accept it. Meanwhile, Brady seems to be cagey about it and is like somewhat ambivalent. The whole thing is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen, Colin, because it feels like a lot of people really expect him to play next year and to be on a different team and that this was all theater. Yeah, I don't think it's theater. Um, I think Brady's really sharp and that he doesn't want to box himself in. Peyton Manning's done this, where Peyton keeps himself open to ownership 
a front office. And hey, while I'm doing it, I'm going to make about 20 million a year doing the Manning cast and put my personality out there. But I won't sign a long-term deal with anything. I want to keep my options open. You and I often have to sign contracts. Not that we're cornered, uh, but there's certain, uh, um, you know, the tarmac is shortened, right? Sure. Like we, there's certain things we have to do. And I think the rare, what superstars, and LeBron did this at the height of his powers, I'm going to give you a one-year contract. Yeah. Yeah, I trust and by my the body. Way, and yeah. by the way, sorry to bring it back just real quick. LeBron finally didn't do that. And now regrets it, I'm sure. After winning the title with the Lakers, signed the extension early, gave them extra time, and they immediately screwed him. Like, they, they didn't have the urgency at the deadline that all his other teams did. They didn't want to trade a 2027 draft pick because they're like, you can't leave anyway, buddy. Like, so, like, the the having that, you know, g- taking that tarmac away or that runway away from you can be used against you immediately. But go ahead. Sorry. If you really think of what the bigger picture on the Lakers to me is that in nine seasons, they've had seven losing seasons. If Ohio State football, Kentucky basketball, Yankee baseball in nine years had seven losing seasons, that's with LeBron and Kobe. You'd be like, oh, that's poor ownership. Nobody in Los Angeles because they like Genie Bus, right? And the LA media is not as angry as Boston, Philly, New York, um, not as provincial perhaps as a Dallas or a Chicago, but it's a pretty easy media. Yeah, Nobody will acknowledge this. It's poorly owned and poorly run. With LeBron James, the bubble no question. has given you a false sense of achievement. This is a nine years, seven losing seasons. That's the Mariners. I grew up with that. Those yeah. are poor. And by the way, during that time, they've had, in nine years, four head coaches and 112 players. That's Detroit. That's Orlando. That's Cleveland. People here just, you know this in the media, they like Anderson Cooper. Nobody will ever say, you know, he's never won his time slot. They, you know, <laughs> The media plays favorites. They like Genie. It's poorly owned. It's poorly run. And by the way, like, and I don't think that it has to be like, so the fact of the matter is, that in every Lakers deep dive piece, the name Linda Rambis comes up about how she has undue influence on the franchise, has never had a real title. No one knows exactly what she does because she's Jeannie's best friend. And one of the, you know, and a lot, some of the people who cover the Lakers on a daily basis consider Jeannie a close friend, not a, a yes. not just a source or whatever, consider her a friend. Uh, of, of course. It's been poorly run. And this, there was so much of the leaking that I thought was just unbecoming. Like when they went after Rich and Clutch and they were like, they thought, you know, that there, you know, that there's a civil war between Clutch and between the Lakers front office and Clutch wants to run the team. Well, listen, at some point, if, if the way you've run your franchise is the guy who the GM is was the agent. For your superstar, and then he literally got to run the team. Apologies if the agent for your current superstar <laughs> thinks he might be able to have some say. Like that's, I mean, you the, Rob Belinka was Kobe's agent. Now he runs the team. Like so. Right. And by the way, and I know Magic, you know, is bad on Twitter and people poke fun, but Magic saw that dysfunction, and Magic even with LeBron there said, "I'm not dealing with it. I'm out of here, guys." And then. They ended up getting AD and, you know, and LeBron and AD of the magical season. And so it papers over a lot of it. But so much of the Lakers stuff has really bothered me because, yes, LeBron. So let me run this by you, Colin. And I, we probably should have started with this. And I hadn't thought I thought of it. I was talking to my son about this, um, about what ha- why they went with Westbrook, like why that ultimately happened. And I think it was ultimately out of cowardice. And here's what I mean. The Lakers have shown you if they disagree with LeBron, they will not, uh, they won't do what he wants. We know that because Ty Lue's not the coach. They, right. You had a, you, you could have hired right. Ty Lue. And it's not like they were like, no, we're bringing in, you know, Eric Spolstra. It was for Frank Vogel. They said no to Ty Lue, yes to Frank Vogel, despite what LeBron wanted. Okay. So they end up trading for Russell Westbrook. Did LeBron want them to? Obviously, yes. Do I suspect the Lakers front office wanted to? 
Yeah, because they love stars. And because if they really didn't want it, they wouldn't have done it. But here's the more, I guess, incendiary allegation. I think one of, so if it was either trade those pieces for Buddy Heald and other stuff and have LeBron, you know, probably let people know it's not the trade I would have made or trade it for Russ. And everybody knows it's the trade LeBron wanted. I think one of the reasons they did it was because they had a built-in scapegoat. I'm not sure it'll work, but if it doesn't work, we'll make sure everybody knows LeBron made us do it. As opposed to the other way around, if we go with the courage of our convictions, go with something, if that doesn't work, LeBron's going to let everybody know it's not what he wanted. So I think it was a built-in excuse is one of the reasons they traded for us is because they could lay it at LeBron's feet if they really thought it was going to be a disaster. And by the way, a lot of people did. You didn't think it would work. I was skeptical. LeBron is not great at this part of it. The like seeing what talent will fit with him. He's never been great at that. But they didn't have the courage in their own convictions and to then have it happen and then to leak to the media, you know, Lakers front office believes, you know, the LeBron and company made their bed. Now they have to lie in it. That's like terrible parenting, not like the way you run a front office. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, and and they're a bit trapped because you're going to have to inherit bad contracts to get rid of Westbrook's contract. Yeah. I I I said this, um, I would have gotten rid of Anthony Davis before the season. I thought last year when he came in out of shape in the year in which he was going to take the baton from LeBron was an egregious affront to LeBron and the organization. And we never thought he was a great leader. We always knew he was brittle, but we never really thought he was sort of uninspired when he came in out of shape last year and he was i thought all right let him play to the all-star break puff up his numbers and move him and i think lebron was so pissed last year with that he would have bought into that it's too late now you can't get half of what you could um at the beginning of last year several more injuries i'm not an ad guy i i i you know i played the market forever you know, buy low, sell high. I thought, I thought last year very early, if you were given an opportunity to whatever, replace me, or it was the moment of your career to take the baton and lead the network, and you came in unprepared, you came in uh, unfocused. Sure, well, that's all. That's all I would need to know from you. I, I'm, I'm out. Like yep. last year, at the beginning of the year, we all said LeBron needs to get down to 28 to 32 minutes, about 24 a game, be the number two guy. Run the offense, two guy. Anthony hey. Davis comes in out of shape. And I – listen, I'm not – you know, I think some of that maybe had to do with the fact that his body's breaking down. I think there's some – I think you're being a little harsh. I think it's – would have been fascinating to see it happen and fascinating to see what the return could have been. I, I have a different – because – question about what the Lakers do next in this regard. What do you think the Blazers will let Dame? So we just, I don't know if we can talk about this or not, but I think we can, you know, yeah. obviously Joe Buck just left our company. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. left Fox. And what I read was that he had a year left on his contract, but Fox was like, Hey, you've been an amazing employee for a quarter century. We're not going to hold you hostage. You want to go with Troy. You, we're going to, you know, we're going to wish you well and thank you for, for it. So I thought about that and I thought about Dame. And my question is this. If Dame says, okay, I, you, it's finally time to move on. Would yeah. they let him pick his destination? And if Dame says, yeah, I do want to go to the Lakers and they'll give you whatever draft picks they have left and Russ for the contracts, and you guys can buy out Russ and start over? Or do you think the Blazers would say, Dame, we love you, but we have to get a massive return from you, so we're gonna, it's going to be you know, highest bidder? Or do you think they're going to kind of what the Lions did with Stafford, right? They let Stafford kind of pick his spot. Now, the Rams could give a lot, but they let him pick his spot. Do you think the Blazers will let Dame do that if he asks out? I think if the Lakers had the assets Portland was interested in, they would. I don't in the NFL, you do not want your quarterback. You don't want Russell Wilson in the NFC. But in the NBA, if you get the assets, your ammo versus my ammo. 
I've never felt it's as parochial as that. In the NFL, I mean, it's just real obvious. You know, if if we're getting rid of Carson Wentz, you'd rather send him to Washington. No, but that's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is, do you think the Blazers organization, out of loyalty to Dame... No, I don't think they would. ...would take an inferior offer because it's where he wants to go? No, I I, I don't think they would. I think I don't think it's a Lakers thing because I think they would move him to the Lakers. I don't know what the Lakers have. Right, they would just have, they don't they have, have anything. the 2027 and 2029 draft picks is really all they would have. It's not yeah. it's nothing. I also I also think Dame's a smaller athlete and a declining asset. I I wouldn't there's not a lot I I like Dame, but you're seeing Steph Curry this year wear down. These are smaller players. Steph had 8 you, points the other night. Yeah. Steph had eight points the other night, and they won. The, the Jordan Poole kid, who you like, scored thirty, and Clay had 30. his first great game in a few years. You know, since the injury, it was good for Clay. Um, Steph's a weird one this year because people were like, "Do you remember right before he broke the three point record, he was like fourteen threes away?" And they were like, "Could he break it tonight?" I'm like, 14 threes. And since then, he's had the worst. I and mean, this is his worst shooting year since his first year of his career. I think like he is. He has not been great this year. It's weird to see because people are still talking about him like an MVP. I don't even know if he's first team All NBA guard anymore. I think it's John Luca. Like I'm like Steph to me has not had nearly the year I think a lot of people think he's had at least percentages wise. Well, I think Golden State's interesting because they're going to play Jordan Poole a lot. Yeah. Um, the the rookie kid out of Arkansas uh, is going to. Ha- a Jonathan Kuminga is gonna. Yeah. It, they're gonna put him on the floor in the playoffs. I don't think it's a championship team. I, I think Steph will, because of his ability to shoot and handle the ball and distribute, he will age gracefully. It won't be a Westbrook or a Cam Newton where it's just off the cliff. But I think it's very clear what they're doing. Wiggins was going to be a trade piece. Now they need his scoring. So Poole was a great. They they draft and develop very well in Golden State. We've got you know between Draymond yeah. and Clay and Steph. So I, I think they're transitioning to their next Steph and Clay. Clay's not the same player. He's not. He's about seventy five percent of what he was. He's not going to be. I don't think he's going to be. The Clay thing's sad they, because you know it, it was just two brutal injuries and missing so much time. So let me then ask you this because I do. I have immense respect for phoenix and what they've done yeah and they obviously were the best team in the west you know last year and then throughout the playoffs i don't know if i believe chris paul and we saw the injury this injury it's kind of a fluky one i don't know if i think chris paul is going to be able to stay healthy for back-to-back you know 30 game playoff runs like i just don't know that i think that's going to happen or 20 some i guess it'd be 20 some game playoff runs so I don't think Golden State's making the finals. I really respect Phoenix. I think that it, the season might be too long after what they did last year. So now we're like, okay, Memphis is too young. I'm going to throw something out here. I think this might be uh, Luka's 07 LeBron year, where it's way earlier than anyone thought. It's like, oh, my God, he took him to the finals. It's like with that, that, that guy with those teammates took him to the finals. I think we forget that Luka – so he's played 13 career playoff games. He, he's averaging in those 13 games 33, 9, and 8. And that was with all 13, Colin, coming against the Clippers. So every playoff game he's ever played in his life, Kawhi or Paul George has been guarding him for basically the entire time he's on the court. And he's 33, 9, and 8. I think that the West is pretty wide open with the Lakers being this bad, with the Clippers being hurt. We'll see, you know, when Chris Paul comes back. We... I think the Mavs, I think we could wake up and say, holy shit, the Mavs are in the NBA Finals. And it's because Luka just averaged 35, 12, and 8 for two rounds. Well, I think the bottom of the West and East are so weak that I think Phoenix will extinguish teams really quickly. Um, To me, they're – you know, I'm old enough to remember when every team looked like Phoenix, a big that liked to be a big. Yeah. A classic number two guard that could shoot threes, preferably mid-range. Wings who could defend. Young with a veteran wing, Jay Crowder, and a distributor first point guard. They are a 1988 NBA team. They really are. And I think they've just built old school. Um, 
I worry sometimes they're not great shooting the three. They really aren't. Sometimes Jay Crowder becomes really important for them. Sure. And I like him, but I wouldn't want to depend on him. But I think the bottom of both conferences is weak. I think they're going to fly through it, uh, which give – and then, you know, listen, if Dallas was to meet them, it'd be a long, long series. And Dallas, I don't think, has the ability to sweep through rounds as easily. And so I think they'd be a tad more worn down. I think it's Phoenix's year. I don't, by the way, do you buy into this current? <laughs> it happens every time. If I see something over and over, I'm going to believe it's true. I've seen Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown. I've seen them in the playoffs. Yeah, They don't have the size. They don't match up with Philly or Milwaukee. Great situationally late in games. Yep. I, I've seen this. I don't buy Boston. Um, Bill Simmons not. is like, this is our best team. It's been 10 years. And I watch them and I'm like, no, no, they're, this is exactly what they've always been. Occasionally spectacular, but I don't feel like they would defend bigs as well. I think there's limitations. I mean, Jalen Brown I don't, is Colin, one of those. I don't think they're going to get out of round one. And people are like, oh, Nick, you're a hater. Okay. So I just, you know, if the playoffs start today, Here's my issue for Boston, and this is always the issue. And this is why the this is why the folks who are on my head saying I don't give Nikola Jokic enough credit, I would like to see one of them at least have the faith in him if he's the MVP back to back to say he can carry a team in a Western Conference that's not loaded at least to the Conference Finals, if not the NBA Finals this year. But nobody actually believes that. But so on the Celtics. What series are the Celtics going to have the best player on the court in? Not against Philly, obviously. Not against Milwaukee, obviously. I would argue in the playoffs, I'd rather have Jimmy Butler than Jason Tatum. I think Jimmy Butler is pr more proven, but you people could argue with me on it. Fine. I Obviously not against not Brooklyn, Brooklyn. But they're not yeah. going to face Brooklyn in round one because Brooklyn's the eight seed or whatever. Um, against Chicago, yeah. He, I, Tatum's better than DeRozan. Um, so, like, I think it's winning playoff series, if you don't have a loaded roster, is really hard if you don't have the best guy on the court. And I just, like, Boston, and that's why everyone's like, oh, Jason Tatum's a superstar. No, Jason Tatum's, like, the 18th best player in the league, which is awesome, but never good enough. If, you, if your best guy is not a top guy, you're drawing dead in this league. Always. Okay, so that's what we've always known. Give me, give me seventeen players better than Jason Tatum right now. Yeah. All right, I, I will. I'm gonna. Okay, so here it is. I have to, I have to visualize my pyramid, and I'll do it. LeBron, Giannis, Durant, agreed. Okay. Yep. Luca, Jokic, Embiid, Steph, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, Dame. We're at ten. James Harden is eleven, and now is here where it gets trickier. Would you rather have, I think Donovan Mitchell, I think Devin Booker have shown where they are. I think Ja is better than him. Now we're at 14. Chris Paul, I haven't mentioned. Now we're at 15. The other guys that I had on there that I don't want to leave off, Paul George puts us at 16. Jimmy Butler puts us at 17. And Jason Tatum's eight. Well, I, I think Tatum falls into the sort of Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, that you can make arguments for all of them. And Trey Young deserves to be in there too. And yeah. it, it, yep, I agree. Yeah, he's in that, he's in that somewhere between 12, somewhere between 11 and 16. Tate, you can, if Celtic fan's gonna say 11, I'm good with it. I could make an argument, it's 15, 16. I think Donovan Mitchell's underrated. I've always felt now. I mean, I think yeah. he plays on the deep. He was known as a defensive stopper before an offensive star. He has leadership qualities. He's been good in big playoff games. He's been good late. He can shoot a three. He can drive. He's physical. in the playoffs. He's got a bunch of 50-point playoff games. That's the other thing. Like, of those young guys, like Tatum's been to two conference finals. Yes. Well, Trey just carried a team to the conference finals his first time in the playoffs. Devin Booker just went to the actual finals, not conference finals. And Ja, we'll see this year. I think Ja's better than all of them. I think he's, I think after Luca, Ja's the best young guy. Uh, you know, Giannis isn't a young guy anymore, in my opinion. He's right. like in the healthy prime of his career. No, I listen, I think Tate, but this is the thing people always do like, oh, Tatum's going to, you know, he's going to win scoring titles. He's going to be an MVP. They only award one of those a year, guys. One scoring title, one MVP. They're hard to win. Those things are hard to win. 
And so I just know, I think the Celtics would be, if they get Chicago, then I think they can win a round. If they get Miami, Philly, or Milwaukee, they're drawn dead, in my opinion, to win a round. And if they get Chicago, maybe they can win a round, they'll be out in round two. They're not, tell your buddy Bill Simmons, he's dr- is shockingly drunk on the Celtics Kool-Aid again. <laughs> again. <laughs> With sports betting taking off, it's important to find the experts you can trust to help you make some money, right? Check out the Favorites Sports Betting Podcast powered by FanDuel, only on the Volume Podcast Network. My buddy Chad Millman, pro better Simon Hunter from the Action Network, twice a week here to help you become a smarter football better. Every Tuesday and Thursday, Chad and Simon break down the strategies of professional sports bettors, the ones they use to find the right games and the right time to bet. Download the Favorite Sports Betting Podcast only on the Volume Podcast Network. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their BF Goodrich test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com slash colin tirerack.com the way tire buying should be there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends. A couple of NFL topics. Um, you and I disagree on Russell Wilson. I have him as a top five or six quarterback. Um, I think his temperament, I, that's why I like him more than Kyler or Aaron. Um, you know, all these teams are making these moves. All the Packers did pay Aaron Rodgers more money. Uh, I think Denver's going to be a much better team. It feels very much, I've been saying this for a year now, it feels very much like Tom to Tampa. We had all these young players that were better than everybody thought except for like fantasy football players. Like all these like Judy and Cortland Sutton and and this Javante Williams. Like unless you're a fantasy football player, you may not understand the value, but they're all just ready to explode. I mean, if Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke had 20 touchdowns and nine picks, those two. And Vic Fangio, the coach, like offensive coach Russell, we're getting to thirty and seven. That we're getting around there pretty quickly. So okay, do you throw this top five stuff around? Okay, Mahomes. I'm not trying to just make this a list show, but let's just Mahomes, Allen, Herbert. Do we agree they're all better than him? Those three. That's just three. Mahomes, uh, no. Allen, Herbert. Mahomes, Allen, absolutely. You're not ready for Justin Herbert yet. Well, he's got to have a winning record in the league. I don't know that he does. I that feels don't substantial. Know that he has to have a winning record in the league. Um, Justin Herbert, by the way, 
has been in the league two years, and in those two years has won as many playoff games as Russell Wilson the last two years, both with the old goose egg. Um, would you you'd rather have Russ than Rodgers? Time out. I didn't say that. Well, I'm asking. Because, well, Herbert's free right now. So if you're asking me as a GM who I want, I take Herbert because I have to pay him for two no, years. No, that's fine. I, I, I move on from the Herbert thing. I said, would you rather have Russ than Rodgers? Yes, uh, Aaron, I think we have a 16-game playoff record, 7-9 and nine at home, often as a favorite. I think Aaron's into Aaron. I don't think he has leadership skills. I have data that proves he's not great coming from behind. He's a bailer, not a baller. He's not a foxhole guy. Um, he's not optimistic. He's more cynical. I think he. I think he's a bad hang. I think he wears people out. I don't think he trusts many. That's a, that's a by the way. That's been his issue family on. He doesn't trust people. So I'm I'm a I just know with Russell every day all he thinks about is CR and football. I don't see, get anything else. I think I and here's the thing. I think you're like the guy who was in love in love with this girl when you guys graduated high school. And then you both went to different colleges and you came back and she's given you all this evidence she's a different person. And in your mind, she's still who she was four years ago. I, the Russell Wilson you fell in love with, I don't know that that guy still exists. He's not on the field. He's not as effective. And off the field, he seems like he's a bit of a pain in the ass. Like, <laughs> the, 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 like I know he's your guy, but he the whole I'm not demanding a trade, but here are four teams I would go to beyond. Hold on. The the ghost huddle. On national television, hey, look at me, cameras. I'm, I'm, you know, doing a whole huddle and a whole two minute drill with no teammates, with my fingers broken, and then having his doctor release that statement that seemed like it came from Trump's White House doctor. This is the greatest rehab of the greatest hand that you've ever seen. I think it's, I think your guy Russ has gotten a little Hollywood. He's a little Hollywood, Colin. There are people in Seattle who do, who did think he's changed. There, I've heard that from people around the Seahawks. They thought he changed. And my takeaway is we all change. He married one of the most beautiful people on the planet. He's got a Super Bowl. He's got a hundred million net worth. We all change. I think it is core. He's an optimistic, aspirational, willful focused guy. I think Aaron Rodgers at his core is needy. Um, doesn't have a wide net of social connections. Um, I think he's odd. I think, I mean, again, look at all the teams getting better. The Packers just paid Aaron Rodgers more money. No, I think, listen, that part I agree with you on. I think the whole Rodgers fiasco is mortifying for him. I like, I know he ended up making a ton of money, but I, I think it's an insane, what happened I, there, I, was, I think is insane. I was talking to an agent. I had dinner with an agent three about three or four nights ago, and he said, I've never seen an ath athlete lose more brand than Aaron in a year. He's like a lot of people want nothing to do with this. Oh, brand. it's I've never seen an athlete lose, you know, whether it's Q rating or popularity or anything without committing a crime faster than Aaron Rodgers has. Like, you know what I mean? Like the this is it's remarkable what the you know the way he's viewed now as opposed to 12 months ago. I mean, literally, he's the highest paid quarterback in the league and he gets into semantics and he didn't like the word used by Ian Rappaport. It's like, dude, you're the yeah. highest paid quarterback in the league. End of debate. Of course. Um, you said agent and made me think of someone because I was when I was thinking about the quarterbacks. What do you make of the Lamar thing? Why didn't Lamar have a deal? Is it Lamar Jackson? Like, what do you – I know – sorry to just throw that at you, but I thought of it because he doesn't seem well, to have an agent. I would argue of all the quarterbacks in the league, the one who should most want long-term security is the one who rushes for 1,000 yards a year. Like, that's crazy to me that he hasn't signed a new deal. Well, Lamar's initial brand was undervalued. And then very quickly turn to perhaps overvalued, he can't play from behind. Baltimore, like New England, pays infrequently drafts to replace everybody eventually, um, is willing to pay. But, you know, I've read multiple reports that say they're in discussions. Bushadi likes him. John Harbaugh 
supports him. But I was on the Lamar's undervalued until last year. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to keep my eyes open. Is he a tad overvalued? Um, I'm not sure he's either. But would you have some concerns when you look at the trajectory of Herbert and Joe Burrow? Oh, I would and, have major concerns. And Josh Allen? I would have Allen? major concerns if I'm the Ravens. It's, yes. But, I, but from what I understand, I think the Ravens have made him some offers. Like, it's not like they're like, we're not signing you. Now, maybe they're not signing him at $45 million a year. Maybe it's closer to $35 million a year. My point is this. I think given his playing style and that he didn't play great last year, if I if I were advising him, I would say you have to sign the contract. M- maybe you, it, you cost yourself a total of $12 million. But not signing the contract, you... You might cost yourself a hundred million. Like, what? How much did Baker cost himself by not signing whatever the Browns' best last offer was? It might have been a hundred million that he cost himself. Seventy-five million? I don't know. I think for some of these guys that aren't sure things or are bigger injury risks than ever than others, the whole and I've talked about this before. Betting on yourself sounds great, except for when it doesn't work out. When it doesn't work out, it's a Greek tragedy. It's not a story of inspiration. And I I worry about Lamar in this regard. I think it's why Kyler's like, you got to pay me right now. And I'd be skeptical about paying Kyler too. Like, I wouldn't be a big fan of that. But I understand why he's doing that. He knows how big he is. He knows what's happening at the end of the years. I think Lamar not not doing everything he can to get a new contract is crazy. I think it's crazy. I think his mother is still his agent. Right? I know that's that. That's what I'm saying. Like I think it's. I don't think it's great. I don't think he's getting great advice. All right, you and your wife have a new podcast. I didn't yeah. know she was on it. Now she is. Well, she is on it very intermittently. But my sidekick on it, the person asking me my questions, is my or asking me the questions is my son. So it's him and I with my wife and daughters chiming in occasionally. But yeah, it starts Tuesday, uh, and I'm excited for it. And I hope people, you know, can like and subscribe and everything. And I want to say something because someone sent you a tweet, and I don't want to get too in the weeds on anything, but I happened to see it, and it said they were mad at you. They were like, "Ah, Uncle Colin, I'm disappointed that you didn't have Nick as a part of the volume." And one day, you know, that's a story for the memoirs for both of us. But that is a story for my last book. That is a story, but I want America to know that Colin and I both, you know, did everything we could to make sure that we could continue to work together in every capacity possible. And Colin's hand has been open and out and assisting me in every step of my journey the last six years. So the idea that anyone would think you snubbed me from the volume, I want to nip that in the bud. That didn't happen. But like like Colin alluded to earlier. We all have different, you know, contractual stuff. And so, but I'm very excited about this podcast that's starting on Tuesday. It'll be a couple of days a week and it's short. I, this I'm learning from you on. Some people do podcasts that are an hour and 40 minutes. These are going to be about 25 minutes long. I hope people subscribe to it. It's called What's Right. All right, buddy. Good seeing you on a Sunday. I'm going to go watch the selection committee make their uh, picks, bud. All right. Talk to you later. See you, Colin. Bye. is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. King's Island is now open on weekends. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, 
and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.